Um, so um, I want to I want to speak this morning about the sons of God, the offspring of God, uh, which is hopefully who we are, and um, and and so I'll get there. But firstly, Marco is like for you to see. Ek sien jou. <laughs> Nicolo die Heere sien jou. Come on, this is like om jylle te sien. Uh, and, and, and for that matter, it's good to see every, every person who is pressing in and, and searching for the Lord. We really um, are fighting a spiritual battle where everybody needs to be pressing in. And, and it makes a difference. I, I grew up on a lake. And, um, and I frequently tell the story. Um, the, the, the nice thing about the lake is... You could just swim as much as you want, row as much as you want, and, and just be around the lake. We were living in a nature reserve. But one of the things that we sometimes would do, we would row with a boat out into the lake, and then we would jump off. Everybody jumps off the boat, and we would just swim behind the boat and push it and, and enjoy it. But you know, when you do that, if one guy is hanging onto the boat and not pushing, you could feel it. And it makes actually a, quite a huge difference. One guy who's not <laughs> pushing. And I just want to encourage us. This is the same for all of us, you know. Like, if we're here to worship or if we're together as a church in a community or whenever, if one guy is not pushing, everybody feels it, okay? And I want to encourage us. We are here to make a difference for one another. And the difference is not measured in the natural and the soulish area. It's in the spirit. It's like, how are you doing? Firstly, by yourself in the spirit. And then secondly, when we're together, it makes a difference, okay? And, and, and we want to optimize it this morning. Yeah? We want to tune that. We want to get it that, that our lives make the biggest uh, uh, difference. This thing which God is doing in the, in the earth and in the church is a team sport. It really is something where, where you do need to condition yourself. You do need to exercise. But like any other team sport, there's a time when your team feels you. And, and it's in, in, in a big stage. For the guys who've been playing sports through the week, you know what, what I'm speaking of. But there's a much bigger event uh, the Bible says that it's happening, and it's the celestial event where there's a crowd of witnesses around us, and they are cheering us on. Some of them have done their duties. They've run their races, um, but, uh, but, but we're still in it. This is, this is, our, this is our part of the event, and, and yeah, we, we, we have to give it our best shot. Amen. So um, uh, the, the past week, last week, um, Rodney was saying, um, listen here, guys, don't lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord. And, and um, the, the word that came through Sonica and through some of the others is like, wait on the Lord. Sometimes waiting is difficult. Sometimes trusting the Lord. Sometimes you want to lean on your own understanding just because the Lord hasn't said anything yet. And that's sometimes really, really difficult, as easy as it sounds. Wait on the Lord means you actively have to do a holding back. It's like, God, I trust you. Even when you're not speaking, I'm trusting you. Even while I'm not hearing, I'm trusting you until, and I'm just trying to do the best I can now until I hear what you're saying in my situation. And you know, this, I mentioned one or two names. I mentioned Rodney's name, Sonica's name, and I could mention other people's names. Uh, um, uh, Chin that has shared this morning in a similar vein. or what, I could mention the names, but if we are hearing the names and we are not hearing Jesus, we are missing the point. All right? We have to hear the Lord as we speak to one another. And I want us to be switched on by faith. It's a choice that we have to make to say, you know what? I'm listening to Kim, but I'm not listening to Kim. I'm listening to somebody who is joined to Kim and speaking out of her. And, I mean, the nice thing would be 
is like if I knew Marty was speaking from Jesus' perspective all the time, it would be so easy in my house, you know. Whenever she speaks, I can just do it. But the difficulty is, unfortunately, that's not all the time the case. But I have to, even if Marty's missed it in the last sentence, I have to go back and, and for the next sentence, put out my faith that maybe right now the Lord might be speaking to and through, uh, through her to me. All right? And we have to do it with one another all the time. And if God could speak through a donkey, he could speak through your child, your spouse, your friend, your community leader. And even someone in the church, like we're doing right now. Can we really try and find the Lord in what is happening right now? Not as if we're not doing it. I'm just like sort of stirring it. The past um, term, we've been speaking on spiritual gifts. And spiritual gifts is all about God saying, listen here guys, Josh and Paul, it's great that you have got the ability to bake pancakes and hug one another and, and, and sort of share a meal and so and, and, and all of those are valid. All of those are needed. All of those, we don't, but it's not the only thing that will bring you forward. What you need is spiritual activity along with physical activity. It needs to be married in one body of believers. There has to be an expression of spiritual gifts. And we are encouraging that. Amen? Are you with me? Like, we, we have to, so it's not the one or the other. It's both. And so, um, so Ryan was speaking at the gathering um, over the past weekend. He was saying, open your homes. That's a very physical thing, and it's needed. It's as spiritual as prophesying if it's done by the Spirit at the right time. This is which um, Rudolf was sharing, opening the home. That is a spiritual activity, but it cannot stay there. There has to be a spiritual expression for all of us. So the sons of God are those... Let me just stop there. <laughs> Have the ability to express the Spirit is what I want to say. But let's just quickly see who are the sons of God. So I'm speaking about us. Hopefully, um, I'm speaking of all of us specifically. But let's start in the broadest sense. What does the Bible say about the sons of God? Now, in a wide, wide, broad sense, if you would take any person on earth right now, like any random citizen walking on the street. And you would say, hey, what's your name? And we would be able to trace his descendants. So say it's Jacob walking down the street. You say, hey, Jacob, um, who's your dad? And then we would go, okay, and who's your dad? And say we had a nice database that could trace all origin. We would go, Jacob, the son of Isaac, the son of... And then we would go back and back and back and back and back to a place where we say, the son of Adam, the son of God. Okay? In reality... All of, of mankind has got God as direct origin. You could go back and go to Son of God. And so it is also uh, written in Acts 17. It says, but we are all his offspring. Um, Jesus would say the same thing. So there is something where in a broad sense, every human being has God as their origin. Okay. But it's clear that that doesn't save us from eternal damnation, okay? Now, that's a wide sense. Um, we are God's offspring. We are indeed His offspring. But if we go a bit narrower, we would find in John 1 that Jesus is saying, um, or, or I think it's, it's John just writing here. I'm, I'm trying to think. who. I think it's just John, the, the beloved. He's just starting to write his epistle. Uh, not his epistle, his 
Now, what, what do you call that? It, gospel. Um, he's writing his gospel, um, and, and, and he's saying about Jesus that all who received him, those who believed in his name, he gave the right. So this speaks of um, uh, uh, becoming a child. So in a wide sense, we are offspring, but then we also have the opportunity to become something as we believe in God. And Jesus continues on that vein in John 3, and he says, um, Truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom. So there's a birth, being a human, and then a rebirth, something that has to happen again. And, and, and so, so, so um, Jesus says in verse 5, one needs to be born of the water and of the Spirit. So first birth is water, second birth, Spirit. And you need both to see the kingdom. That means if you are only born in the natural, you will not see the kingdom of God. Um, and, and, and similarly, when we read what Paul is saying in Romans 8, 9, he says that anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. So here's what happens. The, the, the Creator God gives His Son, and then He gives the message of His Son. And people all over the world hear it. And when they hear it, they've got an opportunity to receive to, to, to receive that message and to respond to that spirit speaking. And as they receive it, and as they place their faith in the work of God, there is something that happens on the inside. Their spirit receives another spirit. Their human spirit receives a godly spirit, and there's a new birth. And without that happening, no one can be saved. Okay? If someone does not have the spirit of Christ, he doesn't belong to God. Now that is speaking of you are the offspring of God. We are, all, all people are, but then you receive a second birth and you become sons in a narrower way. All right? Are you still with me? Good. Now I want to make it even more narrow. And we're reading from a passage in Romans 8. And I'm going to read a few verses and then tell you what this is saying. So then, brothers, verse 12, Romans 8, 12, we are debtors, not to the flesh. We don't owe anything to the flesh to live according to that. For if you live prompted by the flesh, according to the flesh, you will die. So there's something where there's a direct warning out here for all of us. If we can, we can live by the flesh, but it will lead to death. But if by the Spirit we live, that's where the life is. And then here is where we're going to. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons, who are yours, offspring of God. So this is offspring, not in a gender way. So this is not a male. This is like offspring of God, male and female. All who are led by the Spirit. So here goes. You can be a human being and be offspring of God. Point number one. You can be a human being who receives a new spirit, be born again, see the kingdom of God, narrower son of God. And then you can be a human being that has received the spirit of God, but you decide whether you are being led by the spirit or by the flesh. And if you choose to respond to life's promptings by the spirit, there's in a narrower way, this is the offspring of God where we are working towards. Does this make sense? 
So I'm speaking three level of sons. And we want to be ticking all the boxes. Right? You with me? Let's read a little bit on. The Spirit Himself, the one that came in us, verse 16, bears witness that we are children. We are technon. We are, we are the offspring. Um, but that's the spirit of adoption that you receive at your, at your rebirth. All right? He says, you are a child, you're a child, you're a child. And if children, you are heirs. And, uh, and, and so it goes on. But then verse 19, it says something else. For creation waits with eager longing. Creation waits for eager, with eager longing for the revealing of the huyos of God, the offspring. The, the, the creation is anxious, anxious and persistently tiptoed. That's how creation is. Who can demonstrate me how, how does anxious and persistently tiptoes look like? Can, can somebody who's a good demonstrator? <laughs> Just anyone who's good at, at, at demonstrating. Anxious and persistent tiptoeing, waiting. But how does it look like? That's what creation is doing right now for a revealing of the sons. All right? For the creation, there's a reason why creation is feeling like this. In verse 20, it says, For creation was subjected to futility. Everything is just a ashes to ashes. Just a gone with the wind thing. Creation doesn't love to be subjected to futility. Man doesn't love to be so. So there's a frustration in all of us, all around. What are we frustrated about? There needs to be an unveiling. There needs to be a revealing. So creation was subjected to futility, not because they wanted to, but because of God who subjected it in hope that creation itself will be set free um, and obtain that which the children of God are supposed to obtain. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together with the pains of childbirth until now. Ah, here's another picture. What is the picture? Ah! This is the picture. Somebody giving birth. I don't know if you've been to a place where people are giving birth. But there are shouts and tears and, and a dropping of makeup. There is nothing fancy about a place where there is a giving of birth. Nothing orderly. It's, it's literally blood, sweat, tears. Uh, it's, it's not nice. Um, for those who know Jesus, they shout, Jesus, Jesus. For those who don't know Jesus, they shout all other kinds of other things. But it's, it's messy, to say the very, very least, of that. And this picture which Paul chooses here, he says, all of creation is like this. It's groaning and it's crying and it's looking for something to be born. Not only creation is doing this, but we ourselves as well who have received the first fruits, i.e. those who have been united with the Spirit of God. We also have got something of this inward groaning 
as we wait eagerly. And it seems there that there's still an, a, a revealing of an adoption of the sons, a redemption of our bodies. So here's what we need to see. The creation that we have right now, the place that we find ourselves, is like a woman that needs to give birth to some, something. This creation, these stars, this sun, these galaxies, these, this earth, the, the, the things that is happening, is everything like a, let's call it a giant woman, with something in her womb that needs to come out and be revealed as the bride of the Son of God. Okay? And in that womb of creation, flesh, just like in a, in a, in a physical person, and spirit needs to come together in a mysterious and in a miraculous way, in a, in a hidden way. And something will be born out of the womb that will reveal God. It will be something where flesh and spirit has come together in a beautiful way. But do you know what? That in the same way that, that everything in a pregnancy and everything in the womb of a woman as she carries a child and, and, and a child is born, everything that is in the womb is not the child. Do you know that? Some of that which is in the womb will be thrown away, will be discarded, will, will have served its purposes and, and just be gone. And so we can be in the womb, but eventually be discarded. Do you understand that? Which is not where we want to be. We want to be with those who have received, while we were in the womb, have received the Spirit and become part of the bride of Christ, but not only have received the Spirit, but have learned how to walk in the Spirit. Okay, now, quick disclaimer. Does what I'm saying mean that if we're not led by the Spirit, like, uh, uh, um, say, Jessica, yesterday had a difficult day, and I don't know how her day was, but say she had a difficult day, and it was one where she was plundering along in the flesh and couldn't find the Spirit of God. Does that mean that she wasn't a daughter of God at that stage? Is this what I'm saying? Is it, does the fact that John wasn't led by the Spirit uh, the past few minutes mean that he fell out of grace and he was not a son? It doesn't mean that. So what am I saying? It's, we, I, I'm saying that we can have the Spirit of Christ, but we can act out of the flesh. But we miss the mark of what God has for us. Okay? So, listen, listen to what um, Paul is writing. And I'm just going to, I, I want to ground us well on this because we both need to live it and explain it. Okay? Um, in Corinthians, Paul explains this. Listen to how he speaks. He says, but I, brothers. That word brothers in Greek is adelphos. It means those who have shared the same womb. He says, those who have been birthed of the same father, that's brothers, okay? So he says, I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food. And then he goes on and he says, you are still of the flesh. So we need to hear the, 
the two things. They are Adelphos. They were born of the same spiritual womb, but they are people of the flesh. And he says, you are like little children. I, I had to give you, I couldn't give you the meat. I, I had to deal with things that you were jealous and they were striving and you were behaving only in a human way. Verse 4. For when one says, I follow this guy, like I, I'm for boys, I, and I'm for him. Are you not merely human? Just joking, just joking. <laughs> but I want to get, get to something. It's like there is something in the Spirit. I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> okay. uh, there's something in the Spirit where we have to rise from infancy to mature manhood. And that is not the amount, that's, that doesn't reflect um, uh, whether we are saved or not. That is not the, have you been born again or not born again. But what it does satisfy is the groaning of creation that says, can we just have someone that is led by the Spirit? For all who are led by the Spirit, these are the answer to creation. All right? Our world, our South Africa, your workplace, your school, your, your world needs somebody who can respond to the Spirit of God. They need it. And whether they can have the words for that or not is irrelevant. They are part of creation and they are groaning in some way. Okay? They are groaning for those who don't lean on their own understanding, um, who can uh, uh, follow. So, for example, um, uh, uh, um, Christians are frequently confused by the devil when he quotes the following scripture. Who has heard the following scripture? You just need to receive this, what God is doing, like a child. Okay? Who's heard this? It is written. Okay? Unless... You receive this kingdom like a child. Unless you convert and become like children, Jesus says, you cannot, um, you cannot inherit the kingdom. So what do we need to be? Like children. But we miss that it's about receiving grace like a child, but then growing up in grace like an adult. So let me give a, a quick scripture. 1 Corinthians uh, 14, 20. It says, brothers, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil, but in your thinking, be mature. So there's a way in which we are dependent like a child, but we reason in the Spirit, and we follow the Spirit maturely. And Paul says you can be like an infant, be in a church full of the gifts. And can I just say, the Corinthian church was full of spiritual gifts, but he says you were still acting out of the flesh. So the spiritual gift doesn't mature you. The following of the Spirit matures you. Are you with me? It's not the day when you get baptized in the Spirit. That's where you begin. But then we exercise. Then we need to grow up to a place where we are continually saying, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. And can I just say, it's sometimes it's so easy to say, I believe that Jesus came for the sin of the world. I believe that he died for my sin. I raise my hand. I respond. I get baptized. I get filled with the Spirit. Hallelujah, I'm on my way to heaven. And now I can enjoy the life which God has for me. That's the easy part. 
Can I just say, it is when you need to trust the Lord with your pastime, with your sport that you love, and you say, God, is this really you? And if it's not you, I don't want it. That's when it starts to become difficult. If it is about where you are moving, what job you are taking up, what career you are pursuing, who you are marrying, maybe what you're going to study, that's when the question is, do you trust the Lord with that decision? And that is what is needed. It is, it is about who are you going to marry? Are you going to marry the one that sort of just gels easily with you? Or are you going to trust the Lord in one of the most expensive and difficult decisions of your life? Does it sound funny? <laughs> I thought that's such truth. Uh, <laughs> look, the Lord wants to be Lord over all of us. And can I just say... That this morning, he doesn't, he's not just able to go, okay, Emma, Grant, Catherine, and go through us and name us. He can say 5,732 hairs on that head. Zero. And, and, or, or whatever. Okay. He's able to. Just joking. Just joking. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just joking. But the Lord is so involved. He wants to be involved. And what I, what I want to say is, can you hear him say it to you personally right now through me speaking? I was nearly jumping up last week as, as Rodney was saying what he was saying. Because I already had this on my heart. And I felt like, this is the Lord. This is the Lord. I can see, I can hear, this is the Lord. And we need to tell one another when we can hear him. Because we can't always hear him. And then it's good for somebody to say, this is the Lord. I can hear him. You know that... Peter walked with Jesus. Um, Peter walked with Jesus for three years. Okay? He denied him and all the rest, but he knew Jesus as one of the top three. Okay? But when Jesus appeared to them, and I think when Jesus appeared after his resurrection, um, he wasn't so clearly recognizable. Somehow he was slightly different. Okay, um, because the guys were walking with him to Emmaus for kilometers and they couldn't see it's Jesus. Okay. Now, one of his closest buddies wasn't able to know for sure that it was Jesus, even when he was calling them from the beach and repeating a miracle that no one has ever done and which he had done before. So when Jesus told them after his resurrection, throw out the nets, and there were lots of fish in it. It was John who had to call and tell Peter, that's the Lord. Strange, eh? But you can be in a place, and our brother can be in a place where you're so broken, maybe because you've sinned and denied the Lord in some way, that you can't recognize when it's Jesus. And then you need a brother or a sister. Say, this word, it's the Lord. That manifestation, that's Jesus. This moving, it's God. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. We can be so blind by ourselves. Hence, we need one another. We need to stick together and fight it out together. There's a womb within which we are. Okay? And we need together to be formed the bride. It's not going to be one of us that's, that arrives and says, I have outran all the others in holiness and I'm the bride of Jesus. It's not going to be like this. Everyone born of the Spirit, who has received Christ, even whether they followed the Spirit or not, they are part of the bride. 
if they could stick to Jesus, holding on to the end, they are part of the bride. But we want to be mature in this world because creation needs that. Okay? The Bible says that people's salvation depend on us. Um, God doesn't want to give wrath. He wants to give mercy. But he needs us. Listen to this beautiful verse. Two verses in Ecclesiastes. And this speaks about a land, and we could make it for South Africa. But put your, your land, your sphere of influence in here. Rampe is die lot van die land, waar a slaaf koning is. Um, the English uh, would, try, uh, would say that slave is a child. Okay? Um, I, I actually didn't, I, I didn't realize that, that, <laughs> that the, that the uh, Nieuwe Levende Vertaling would, would translate it as this. But, but the point is, woe to you, O land, when your king, the one who's supposed to rule, is a child. And your princes feast in the morning. Happy are you, O land, when your king is the son of nobility. And your princes do feast, but at the proper time. For strength and not for drunkenness. Can you hear that your land, your and my country, whether it's South Africa or your workplace or our town, is crying out for people who are not children, missing the Lord with regards to times of fighting, times of feasting, but are able to display sons of nobility. You know, sometimes when you look at, 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 at royal offspring, a little prince or a princess, they can behave just as bad or worse than any other child. They don't display nobility. They need to grow up into it. They need to be trained. And sometimes the, 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 the children of God look just like the children of the devil when they are small. Okay? But we can't keep it there because people come in, they look at the mess that's in the church, and then they say, I want to have nothing to do with it. Why? Because they see people acting like the devil. We're not supposed to act like the devil. And Rodney helped us last week and said, if we are leaning on our own understanding, we are acting just like the devil, who leant on his own understanding. And perpetually, since the beginning, is coming back to this thing, lean on your own understanding. Don't you think you can make a better decision than God? Don't you think? I had a dream this week. Praise God. Don't I sound like Rodney now? Okay. I had a dream this, this week. And, and in the dream, I'm just going to shorten it. Marty and, and myself, we were in my parents' house. And an army broke through the back of the house. It was like they had this robot and they come just. And I thought, oh my head, what is happening? I grabbed Marty, we ran and we got away. But as we were away, out of the house, we were a few hundred meters away, I, I, I realized that we've got nothing. We've got the clothes on our back, everything. Uh, uh, that's all we have. But I need my cell phone because this is going to be difficult. So I say, Marty, just go ahead. I'm running back for my cell phone. I think I'm going to make it. Okay, so I ran back. I got the cell phone. And as I was getting out of the yard, I was caught. And initially, it seemed like I wouldn't get, but then I was... and and. I escaped somehow, and as I got away from the initial being caught, suddenly it seemed like they launched this, I don't know what, ballistic missile, but it was this huge thing that exploded over a whole 
plantation where I was fleeing to. And that whole thing was flattened and it's like, it seemed to me like a computer game. Do, 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 do. Okay, that's the end of your play, you know. Um, there's this game over for you. And I realized, I mean, somehow it was my death and I was looking onto it and I just knew like, oh my God, I didn't think this was so serious. I misunderstood. Here is what I took from the dream. Point number one, I violated scripture where the scripture specifically says, on that day when you see the abomination of desolation, do not turn back. N- number two, I underestimated the severity, the, the, what was going on. And for me, it was a very spiritual dream. It doesn't have to mean anything to you. What does need to mean something to you is that we, in our understanding, can underestimate the, the, the plot of the enemy and the power that he has. But the encouraging thing is, he underestimates the plot of the Lord and the power that God has. All right? And if we can get back to the place where we are listening to the Lord, we are in a good space and the enemy is in a bad space. So how does being led by the Spirit look like? Firstly, we need to overcome the, f- the fear factor. Following the Lord has a fear factor associated with it. It's we need to find an experiment in an invisible way, like, is this really you, God, or not? Okay? And we are afraid of that. And I understand that. But if we do it together, it will help us. And if we learn in the little, like the David was, excuse me, was learning with the sheep long before Goliath, learning how to deal. If we can learn with our few sheep, wherever you are, your little responsibility. When the when it gets to the bigger scene, we will have found the Lord. But we cannot afford to miss it on the day today. Because when the big scene comes, you're going to be nowhere. You and I cannot perform on the big scene if we've not been practicing in the little. So, so we have to find this. And so, firstly, we need to be perpetually inspired by the Spirit. Secondly, we have to stay within the confines of the Word. So we have to find the life of the Spirit, and we need to read the Bible. We have to know the Word, stick within the Word, and know when we are transgressing it. The Spirit will help us with that, but we have to get into the Word. Thirdly, we need to be humble like poor beggars. And fourthly, we need to be dependent like a blind man in a minefield. Okay? It's just like, okay, I can't do this. Okay? It will not work. I need to follow somebody who is, knows where the mines are, where the explosions will be, who guides me through this thing. Now, I've got something similar as a YouTube clip, and let's see if it works. We get max volume if we can just play it. Okay, so, so um, you go. I've got a serious situation here about pilot uh, John. Uh, no idea how to fly the airplane, but I'm in The voice you're hearing is not a pilot, but a passenger radioing for help. Audio captured from Live ATC details the communications between the plane, a Cessna caravan, and the control tower at Fort Pierce in Florida. Number 333, Lima Delta, Roger, what's your position? I have no idea. I see the coast of Florida in front of me, and I have no idea. Air traffic controller Robert Morgan was on break from working in the tower when his colleague said he needed to come back fast. There's a 
passenger flying a plane that's not a pilot and the pilot's incapacitated. So they said, we need to try to help them land the plane. Morgan is a 20-year veteran controller, but also a certificated flight instructor with 1,200 hours flying experience. What was the situation with the pilot? He is incoherent. He is out. 311 Delta, Roger, uh, try to hold the wings level and see if you can start uh, descending for me. Uh, push forward on the uh, controls and uh, descend at a very slow rate. Controller Morgan had not flown the specific type of plane, so he pulled up this photo of the layout of the instrument panel and talked the passenger through it step by step. I knew the plane's flying like any other plane. I just had to keep them calm, point them to the runway, and just tell them how to reduce the power so they could descend to land. Data from FlightAware shows the flight's path. The first challenge to controllers, locating the flight and pointing the passenger turned pilot to the airport. Three Lima Delta, maintain wings level and uh, just try to follow the coast, either north or southbound. We're trying to locate you. 6-4, you guys located me yet? I can't even get my nav screen to turn on. It has all the uh, information on it. You guys got any ideas on that? Number uh, three, Lima Delta, uh, Palm Beach is a, uh, he's a, it's struck me that you're uh, about 20 miles east of Boca Raton. Just continue northbound over the beach and we'll try to uh, get you some more further instructions. Morgan's instruction paid off, guiding the flight to a landing at Palm Beach. Aviation experts call it a remarkable feat that left other flights listening in stunned, including a commercial pilot waiting for takeoff. Did you say the passengers landed the airplane? That's correct. Oh my gosh, yeah, no. No, great job. No flying experience. We got a controller that worked them down, that's a flight instructor. After the landing, Morgan left the tower and went out to the ramp to meet his newest student pilot that he taught to land without ever getting in the plane. I just feel like it was probably meant to happen. All right. Thanks for that, uh, our sound team, that's good gegaan. Um, yeah, so I think the, the, the humble and dependent that we need is displayed by this passenger that needs to fly a plane and land a plane that he's never done before. Now, when we speak to people around us, sometimes it sounds like they have done this life before, and especially they've done your life before, but the reality is no one has done their life before. No one knows uh, exactly how to fly or land this plane, which is called your and my life, except God only. And, and we need to have that humility. It's, I mean, like, just imagine the, 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 the passenger throwing all kinds of suggestions to the guy who's helping him. Uh, that would not be helpful, all right? The, the only thing is, like, just listen what he tells you and do it. That's it. And I think for us, this is the question of our lives. Don't tell God all the things that he needs to do with your and my life. Um, listen to him. There are times when we obviously need to pray and we bring our requests. And I'm not, I'm not negating that. I'm speaking about the disposition in our heart that is needed for creation. That is needed for God's glory. That is what God has designed us for. He has designed us to be in His Word, be filled with His Spirit, be humble, be dependent, and work this thing out step by step until that 
uh, traffic controller, which is the Holy Spirit, gets us to land this thing safely, and we go on to the next level of our lives. Right. Lord Jesus. Um, we, we, we thank you, Lord, for, uh, for your work in our midst. And, uh, um, and we just bless you for it. We, we bless you that you're really involved. Um, that the things that we're talking about is not historic writings without the life, your very own life and the life of your spirit. And for thousands of years, you've proven yourself true and real. And in this, Father God, we, we thank you that you have brought us to this place. And, and I pray that uh, right now, this morning, this 6th of August, 2023, there will be an advancing of the purposes of God uh, in, this, in this little group of people and in this little town, in this little country. But we pray that it will be celestial, that it will be God-infused and full of the faith uh, of the Lord. Right here, what is happening right now. So you might be here this morning and, 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 and you've, you, you, you are a human being, but you've never uh, uh, um, surrendered your life to Jesus. You have never gone to a place where, where you say, Jesus, um, here is my life, all of me. And I, I give it to you. I put my trust for this life in you. I don't lean on my own understanding. If you have never surrendered to Jesus, if you have never given over, you have to do that before anything else can, can start to take place. So if, if that's you, I want you to just raise your hand and say, please pray with me. I want to give my life. I do understand that I can't fly this. I can't, I can't see the kingdom without surrender. If that's you, why don't you just raise your hand and say, Cassie, please pray with me. Okay, and, and then um, I'm going on to the next. Um, you might be at a place where you have grabbed the steering wheel and said, oh my hat, this is just dangerous. I can't trust the air traffic controller. That's not in the plane. I'm just going to do this uh, uh, by myself. I'm going to give it my best shot, but I can't listen to, to, to like spirit voices and maybe, maybe hit it and maybe miss it. I'm just going to make the, 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 the calls here. Um, if that's you and you, you are in control of your life, you have not surrendered that to Jesus, I, I want to beg of you, give the steering wheel back. Surrender yourself. Surrender. And, and, and if you are in that place and you feel this is the Lord speaking to you, I want you to raise your hands. Just say, Cassie, please, uh, I'm trusting for a response of the Lord. Trust for help. And if you are, um, uh, you are following the Lord um, uh, and you're giving it your best shot to follow the Spirit, but you want to say, Lord, like I am somewhere between infancy and maturity, <coughs> but, uh, but I want to grow up into uh, being led by the Spirit. Um, I want to um, hear you better and follow you better. Um, I want you to land my plane safely. I want you just raise your hand. Right, everybody can just, just lower their hands and, and let's just stand together. Lord, you've seen every hand. You've seen um, the places where they are. 
and, uh, and, and Lord, as we are here, we don't want to respond in a wise, know-it-all way. We want to position ourselves again in this place where we say, Jesus, our lives are yours. Lord, wherever uh, we have taken control of our life in a small or in a bigger way, we pray that you will forgive us. We, uh, even as, as Chin uh, mentioned before the time, it's not about reasoning or explaining. It's about repenting. And we want to repent of that, Lord. Sorry where we have in any way tried to determine the speed or the, or the, or the, yeah, the, the, the events of our lives. We stand back and surrender to you from the smallest thing in our lives to the biggest. We want to say we trust you with these lives. We want no other. Please be glorified. Please fill our lives. And Lord, where, wherever uh, anyone else has lifted their hands, Lord, I pray that you would grant us the next step. If the next step is a baptism, we pray for the baptism. If the next step is a, a running wildly with you or picking somebody up uh, alongside the road or maybe even exchange, uh, changing jobs or, or doing uh, a work for a discounted rate, whatever it might be, Lord, we pray that you will help us string together a few obedient phases. We don't want to knock the ball after the first phase. We want to keep it in the hand and follow you and grow up to be the answer for creation's groan. Pray for that in your name, Jesus.